brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Welcome to the campfire, the only place where friends and strangers alike sit down and tell tales in truth or fiction in exchange of my blessing of their safe travels. Allow me to relight the fire while you relax and listen. Make your mind wander about the reality we live in. The story I'm about to tell you is from a traveler named Chaldees. He called this one, There's Something Wrong at the Office. Please allow me to tell you his tale. The endless droning of my computer hummed as I sat in my office. Another day working at Valley Loans. It was an easy job, sure, but some days things got excessively boring. It was a small town called Clover Valley, and not many people came in for loans. My boss, Trevor Morris, had inherited the company from his dad. Really, I feel like Valley Loans was more of a pet project than an actual job for him or even his dad. Roger. They owned most of the farmland in the surrounding area and were very successful with selling their crops and even cattle. When I got this job, I was fresh out of college with a degree in finance. Mr. Morris had been a nice enough man and the job was readily available seeing how Valley Loans had just opened. Soon enough, I was running the place with Roger coming in once or twice a week to check on things. Now Trevor only comes in once a month. After his father died, he considered closing Valley Loans, but decided against it. He told me that he didn't want to leave me jobless, but I know his mother had talked him out of it. Mary Morris had always been fond of me. Even Roger was in a sense. I think it was because after having Trevor, she was unable to have more children. And she told me several times she wished she could have tried at least one more time for a daughter. I didn't mind their fondness, seeing how my mother wasn't always the best and I'd never met my father. It had been six months since Roger suddenly passed. He was only 65, and his death was quite a shock. He was an active man and by all means, healthy when one day he just didn't wake up. It was determined he had a massive heart attack. I, of course, attended the funeral. He'd been my boss going on 13 years now, and he and Mary felt like family. Although Trevor and I were both 35, he and I were never close, just cordial. Part of me thinks he resented the fact his parents liked me, which was odd because they'd always been good parents to him as far as I and anyone else could see. The other part of me thinks that although his parents were well off, yet humble, he was not. He always had the air about him that he was better than everyone around him. I don't know. Maybe I was being too judgmental. Perhaps he just liked keeping to himself. But to the point, lately, something has been wrong at the office. I've never been a superstitious person, or even a person to believe in the supernatural. But after Roger's death, the place has felt different to say the least. I constantly have this sensation of being watched, and I don't mean on the cameras in the office. I keep feeling like at any moment I'm going to turn around and someone is going to jump out and scare me. 
Before, I used to keep the office quiet, but now the silence creeps me out so every day I play some music softly as long as a customer isn't in. I've even had things go missing, which is highly unusual seeing that I'm only the one in the office during the day. I've gone to the bathroom, then came back and my entire stapler was gone. I looked everywhere for it, but it was nowhere to be found. The same thing happened with my cup. I have an insulated coffee mug. It was on my desk, full of coffee. When I came back from the bathroom, gone. It really has made me question myself, but I know good and well both things were there. And then they were not. I began assuming that Roger was here in the office. Although I didn't believe in ghosts. I mean, what else could it have been? If only I'd known how wrong I was. It was a bright fall morning and I was in a particularly good mood. My favorite little tree's leaves were starting to turn orange being the main reason. I wasn't even sure what kind of tree it was but it was always so lovely and bright until the leaves fell off. I had been at work for three hours when Trevor dropped in. Which was something he hadn't done since before his father's funeral. To say he looked rough was putting it lightly. He had red circles around his eyes and was all around unkempt, which was not normal for him. Usually, he dressed well and was well-groomed. Hey, Judith, how's it going? He asked. I tried to contain my alarm being that we didn't know each other well, but I guess it showed anyway. Don't look so bleak there. I'm alright. Just been stressed lately trying to run everything on my own, which mother has been helpful but she can only do so much herself. He said, sorry, I didn't mean to be judgmental or anything. You're just in an unusual state, but I'm glad you're all right. I've been doing fine, I replied. You want to go to lunch? He asked suddenly. He and I had never been to lunch before, but I agreed. There was this nice salad place nearby ironically called Valley Salad that we both decided to go to. I started in on my grilled chicken salad as Trevor sat there looking a bit dazed. So, um, is there anything I can do to help out and maybe relieve some stress? I am good with financials and all, I asked, trying to be nice. You've always been so generous, Judith, but I'm afraid not. I was a fool for not learning more about the family business before dad. Well, you know, I just didn't figure on him going so soon. I was always so wrapped up in the material things that I forgot to focus on what's important. That's one reason that I'm making more of an effort with getting to know you now as well. He said, taking a bite of his food. What do you mean? I asked in earnest. Well, I mean, since you've started working at the lone place you've been like family to my parents and I've never slowed down enough to even make friends with you. I feel bad about that now that I'm seeing life from a different perspective. He said, oh, it's alright. I mean, I've never held it against you or anything. I told him. Which was true. I did have my suspicions about him being caught up in the family money and material things, and even that he thought he was better than most people. But I'd never let it affect me personally. He was just living his life how he wanted to. At this moment though I decided he was being genuine and didn't see the harm in befriending him. We spent lunch learning things about one another, and it was surprisingly nice. I didn't have many friends myself as it was so making one was refreshing. He actually seemed like a decent guy underneath it all. After lunch, I went back to work and he went about his business. Around closing time, Mary showed up looking upset. She had been coming around less frequently since Roger's passing as well. But I didn't hold it against her. They'd been together since they were 16 and I knew it had to be hard trying to figure out how to live without him. 
Wow, a visit from you and Trevor all in one day. I said lightheartedly. So you have seen my son? She asked urgently. Yes, ma'am. He took me to lunch today, I replied. Look, Judith, I am so sorry I haven't been around as much since Roger died. But I have been worn thin trying to run the farming business. It's been a lot, and I've left you out of the loop far too long. She said, I'm confused. Trevor told me he was running things now, I replied. Judith, before today, no one has seen nor heard from Trevor for three months. She said, wait, that's odd, I told her. Yeah, to say the least. I don't know what happened, but one day he just stopped returning my calls. The only reason I knew he came here is that my nephew works at the salad place he called and told me he saw the two of you in there. Mary confessed. Why would he choose to contact me of all people? We were never close, and he said he wanted to be my friend now. He said he was trying to be a better person. I said, becoming increasingly confused. I don't know, honey. I don't know in the least. How did he look? She asked. He looked unkempt to put it politely. He told me it was the stress. I replied. If he comes back here, would you please call me or at least send me a quick text because something isn't right. I'll admit my son wasn't always closely involved with his father and me. But he's my son and I'm worried about him. You understand? She asked with tears in her eyes. Of course I do. If he comes back here, you'll be the first to know. I promised. I left work that night feeling unsettled. At first, I thought Trevor was genuinely trying to be my friend. And maybe less self-absorbed than he was before, like he said. But the whole thing just felt off to me now. It kind of creeped me out the more I thought about his disheveled state. And the fact he sought me out. Out of everyone. When I got home, my German shepherd, Twilight, greeted me at the door. When I got her, my niece was four, obsessed with my little pony, and insisted her name be Twilight. It stuck. I got Twilight her dinner, then made a pot of chili for myself. The whole time I tried to rationalize the whole Trevor situation, but kept coming up with nothing. I decided to let it rest and watched some TV while I had my dinner. By the next morning, I felt somewhat less creeped out by what had happened the day before. I had a few people come in to pay on their loans, but as usual, nothing too exciting happened. It was one of the odd days that I didn't feel strange at the office either, surprisingly. But it didn't last. The next few weeks, I felt increasingly paranoid and actually thought I was hearing things in the ceilings and the walls. Mary showed up one day and practically scared me out of my skin. Judith, dear, are you all right? You look pallid, she said. You just startled me was all, I replied. Days turned into weeks, weeks into months, and this continued. I felt like I was slowly losing my mind. I finally confided in my sister, Amy, about all of the weird feelings I had been having and even the strange encounter with Trevor and how I hadn't seen him again since. I know what you need, Judith, a sister night. We can go have a nice dinner, catch a movie, maybe check out that new bowling alley. What do you say? She asked. Yeah. That does sound like fun, I told her. Well, it's a plan then. Friday night, Lacey is going to her cousin's for the weekend. And David is going to be out of town for a business trip, so you pack a bag and then come here after work. After our night out, we can have an old-fashioned sleepover. I think really, Judith, you've just been cooped up in that little office too long by yourself. She said, yeah, maybe you're right. I think a sister night will do me a world of good. I told her. 
I felt better after agreeing to spend time with my sister. Growing up, we were always really close, but now being adults with our own stuff going on, we didn't get as much time together as we liked anyway. Besides, Amy was probably right. I spent much of my time alone, so maybe it was just getting to me. The next week went by with me still feeling on edge. Mary started coming around more, taking time with me like she used to. It was nice, but in a way, I felt bad because I knew it was Trevor she was really hoping to see. I knew him being unreachable was wearing on her. Finally, Friday came and I excitedly closed the shop and made my way home. I took a shower and put on a nice yet casual outfit for our night out, then packed my bag. When I went to load it into my car, I realized I'd left my purse at Valley Loans. Shit, I muttered to myself. It started to thunder so I went back in for my raincoat and my phone. I shot Amy a quick text that read, left my purse at VL gonna run and get it then head your way. Alrighty, see you soon. She replied, as I made my way across town, it began to pour down rain. I had to drive slowly as it was becoming hard to see. When I pulled up to the storefront, I put the hood of my raincoat on my head and quickly went to the door. I let myself in a huff, not believing the one night we picked to go somewhere had to be the rainiest we'd had in weeks. I told myself ultimately it would be fine and went to get my purse. I'd left it on top of the filing cabinet in the corner of the office. When I went to grab it, I heard a voice break through the silence. Hey there, Judith, it said. I whipped around quickly to find Trevor standing on the opposite side of my desk. A large knife in hand. Trevor what? I started. What am I doing here? It's pretty simple if you think about it, Judith. I've been here for months now, he said while messing about with the tip of the knife. I'd left my phone in the car to avoid possibly getting it wet. I didn't know Trevor's intentions, but I felt they weren't good. My only hope was the panic button under my desk. When Roger first told me about it, I found it kind of silly because who would rob a lone place? But he wanted to take precaution anyway. I made my way to the desk carefully. So, the noises in the ceilings and walls. I asked, carefully placing my hands on the edge of the desk. Yeah, I've been watching you. He said with a smirk before turning his attention back to the knife. I carefully slid my fingers over the button, then pressed it. But why? I replied. That's a good question, he said, pointing the knife at me. See, before my father died I told him the same thing I told you. That I wanted to be a better person, and that I wanted to get to know you. Do you know what he told me? He asked. I shook my head, to leave you alone, that I wasn't good enough for you. I was his son, but I wasn't. Good. Enough. Do you know how that made me feel, Judith? He questioned. Probably not good, I replied, swallowing thickly. It made me pissed. It filled me with rage. I, I couldn't even see straight, but I just left. Until later that night. I'd show him, Judith, he said. Trevor, what did you do? I asked. I waited until he was sleeping. Mom had gone out with some of her friends that night. I came in his room and loaded him up with enough heroin to kill three men. He replied, Wait, they said your father died of a massive heart attack. No one said anything about drugs, I replied, confused. I injected it under his tongue. No one found that. I was going to show him though. I was good enough. Good enough to take everything he had and make it mine, including you. You were the child he would have preferred. He got me instead, he stated. It seemed like the police were taking an excessively long time to reach me. 
I was trying to stay calm but becoming very anxious. I didn't like this at all. Fear crept up my back, causing my body to be covered in goosebumps. So that's why you've been watching me. You want to be with me? I asked. At first, yes. I finally got to the point where I could talk to you and I saw how wonderful you were. I saw why my parents love you and that one day I could too. He said, you could have kept coming around. I told him, just trying to keep a hold on the situation. He shook his head. After our first meeting, I decided to wait and watch a little longer. Then the more I watched you, the more I came to realize I just wanted you to get their approval. The more I watched, the more I realized how much I actually hate you. Judith, I hate you. You were good enough for them, but I'm not, he said, his eyes glazing over. I felt the breath coming from me fast. Why are you here? I asked. I knew the answer, but I couldn't bring myself to believe it until I heard it. To get you out of the way. I've seen my mother coming around again after us having lunch together. Really, that's where I knew I messed up. I brought her back to you, and my family is mine. I'm tired of sharing them with you, he replied. Trevor, please. I begged. At that moment, he cleared my desk, hitting the floor. I moved as he leaped, but he caught me by the ankle causing me to fall and smack my head against the sharp edge of a shelf I had against the wall. Blood ran down my face as he started dragging me towards him. I could hardly see, but when I got close enough, I kicked him in his groin with my free foot. He loosened his grip as he doubled over in pain. I took the opportunity to pull loose and run for the door. I saw a sheriff's deputy pulled up. I opened the door and had almost made it when he snatched me back by my hair. Help! I shrieked as the door slowly swung closed. I could see Officer Clark Devon coming around his car quickly through the glass door. He and I had been classmates in school. He came in quickly with his gun drawn. Trevor pulled me against him, the knife against my throat. Let's all just take it easy, alright? He said, you going to kill me right here in front of the police, Trevor? I asked, shut up, he shouted. Trevor, why don't you just let Judith go and we can talk about whatever is upsetting you? Clark tried to reason. It's her, he seethed. What's she done to you, Trevor? Clark asked. I could feel the knife pressing harder into my throat. Just forget it, Trevor said as he shoved me into Clark before running out the back. You alright? He asked, inspecting my throat. Yeah, I'm alright. Aren't you going to go get him? I asked breathlessly. My partner is outside the back door. He replied, right after I heard gunshots. The rest of it all is a bit of a blur. One thing I knew for sure was that Trevor was dead. Mary came, and my sister came. When Mary asked what happened, I had to tell her, and she became enraged with me. My son would never. She screeched repeatedly. She had to be escorted away from me. Oh my God, Judith, I am so sorry for not believing you. I just thought you were isolated too often, and Roger's death was getting to you. Amy sobbed as she embraced me. No, it's all right. I honestly thought the same thing, I told her. After Trevor's death, Mary promptly shut Valley Loans down, which I expected. It's not like I would have gone back anyway. I could have died in there and the thought of that was enough to deter me. I took a new job at this small bank local to Clover Valley as a loan officer. It was much nicer as I was around other people daily. I don't think I could cope with being alone that much again. I started spending more time with Amy as well. A few months after the incident, I also took up Clark Devon's offer for a date. It was like I was an entirely different person now. 
I guess nearly being murdered by your boss's unstable son can do that to you. The only time I feel a little strange is when I'm home alone. At times it feels like someone may be watching me, but I try to push it down. The only thing that disturbs me is the fact no one has seen Mary for months now. Now, that was the end of my tale. I hope you enjoyed yourself, listening while escaping the world you live in. That is all for today. Safe travels and a blessed day.